You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 141 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and back with me again in the kitchen studio this week is my co-host, Matt Smith. Well, hello there. Did, did anyone miss me while I was away? Everyone missed you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The yeah. Twitter blew up. Did it? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Well, yes. I wouldn't Everyone that missed far, you. But uh, yes, no, it's, uh, yes I, was, I was having a one-week sabbatical as it was um, my birthday. Well, we had a few technical issues, but uh, nothing that didn't get sorted out in the no, in the, no, um, in the edit. In the no, edit, so no, uh, nobody had any idea that it was <laughs> only those who were with us in the chat room yeah, last absolutely. week would have known yeah. that we had no audio on the stingers. So. Yeah, that's fine. It's all right. You, you see, they would have never have known because I even took those bit, uh, bits out in the in the edit. So why did you mention it, silly boy? I know. Anyway, anyway, there we are. yeah, there we go. <laughs> So it is the second of December, and uh, well, it's uh, it's just coming up to eight p.m. here is, in the absolutely. UK. Yep. Uh, we're a tad late this evening starting, okay. but yes. uh, but we have got loads of people in the chat room uh, with us from across the globe, yes. and uh, including All our the usual suspects. including our guest from last week, David Corson. He's uh, in the chat room. Uh, so hello to you. I hope you enjoyed the show with David last week. Mm. And uh, yeah, we uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us uh, in the chat room this evening. We do, yes. And uh, well, as it is quite late, yeah, <laughs> we absolutely. really need to kick things yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so what do you want to do? Should we? Should we? Because obviously, I wasn't here last week because it was my birthday. Yes, it was. And it um, was Matt's birthday. We've put a couple of little bits and pieces together um, uh, with the aid of the legend that is the technical genius mm. that is Nev. So. Um, uh, for all those who may or may not be interested, if not, then you want to s- probably spool through the next sort of sixteen minutes. Um, but <laughs> so we're going to do the, going to do these first. Now Should we do news? that, or do you want to do it later? Don't mind. Should we do some news first? We'll do some news we'll first. Some news Let's first. do some news okay. first. Okay. All right then. In that case, I'm ready so to go. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, Matt. Yes, I think I am. Yes, yes. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story on Flight Global's website, and it's the uh, story regarding the crash that happened earlier this week um, with the uh, football team uh, in Colombia on the uh, Bolivian Aero RJ185 uh, that uh, sadly crashed. Uh, the uh, headline, Fuel Emergency Reported by Bolivian Aero RJ85 Before Fatal Crash. So the flight crew of the Bolivian Air British Aerospace Avro RJ85 that crashed in Colombia had declared a fuel emergency while waiting to land at the Medellin Airport in Rio Negro, according to an air traffic control recording. Operated by charter carrier Lamia Bolivia, the aircraft was awaiting a pro- uh, clearance for final approach to the airport, which had uh, been temporarily closed due to an unscheduled arrival of a Viva Colombia flight. The pilot of the Avro RJ-85 initially mentioned uh, an issue with fuel while communicating with the Medellin Airport's ATC, according to the recording review by Flight Global. The air traffic controller responded and said that the runway at Medellin would be reopened within around seven minutes and indicated that an Alamia Bolivia would be given the priority to land over other flights operated by Avianca and Latam Airlines Group. 
The Lamia Bolivia flight was assigned flight level 210 but declared a few emergency two minutes later which prompted ATC to assign the aircraft an approach path while warning the crew of other aircraft below and ahead of it. However, the Lamia Bolivia crew said that they were already below other aircraft which were holding at flight level 180. Around four and a half minutes after declaring a fuel emergency, the Lamia Bolivia crew alerted ATC to a total electrical failure and fuel failure and repeatedly shouted, give me vectors. The air traffic controller attempted to guide the pilots uh, to the Rio Negro VOR, but she said she could not ascertain the aircraft's altitude. The pilot confirmed uh, that the aircraft was at an altitude of 9,000 feet and again requested for vectors. ATC told the crew that they were around 8.2 miles from the runway, which has an elevation of 7,000 feet. The ATC subsequently lost contact with the aircraft six minutes after it declared an emergency. Medellin Airport had, a temporarily, uh, had to temporarily close its runways following the diversion of a Viva Columbia Airbus A320 to the airport after its flight crew reported a cabin alert. Viva Columbia says the flight crew had diverted as a precautionary measure and did not declare an emergency. The Viva Columbia aircraft was operating from Bogota to San Andres. The uh, crash of the Ivro RJ85, which broke into pieces after coming down in a mountainous area, killed 71 people while six survived. Colombian authorities initially reported that 81 people had been on board, but subsequently revised the passenger numbers. There were no signs of fire at the crash site of the aircraft, indicating that the jet could have run out of fuel. And a source at the Argentina's Transport Ministry tells Flight Global that Lamia Bolivia, which had operated a flight to Argentina early this month from Brazil, had arrived in Buenos Aires with only 15 minutes of fuel reserves on board. Questions have also been raised over Lamia Bolivia's operation of the Avro RJ85, which has an operational range that is just slightly higher above the distance of the flight between Medellin and Santa Cruz in Bolivia, where the aircraft took off from. So, uh, Matt, uh, you put some pictures on your screen I did, there yeah, absolutely. of uh, what's, what was going on there. Mm. And it's, it's, it's sad news because it, it was a football team that was on this uh, aircraft. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, a lot of that team have, have sadly uh, yeah. uh, died, yeah. which is very incredible. There are, there are amazingly, though, despite, despite this, this awful, awful tragedy, there is a very small number of survivors, which mm. is mm. frankly incredible. I mean, yeah. when, especially when you look at when the, you see that, the mess. That, that, that yeah. the mess, essentially. So. Yeah. Uh, um, as you say, uh, and one of the things I do remember hearing in the news, obviously, when they were covering this, it was one of the reasons why um, was because it didn't burst into flames, you know, mm. and, you know, I'm just, I'm just amazed that there wasn't, I don't know, something's not right, do you know what I mean? It's like... A fuel, they, they weren't carrying enough fuel to, uh, yeah, I do. to, uh, to you something, know, to get something out of trouble. Something obviously has gone terribly, Because as most of people know in the chat room, you know, most mm. all passenger aircraft yeah. will carry the reserve of fuel yeah. in case of uh, diversions yeah. and uh, and holding and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, for for anyone who wants to find out more information, up to date information on this, don't forget you can nip over to the Aviation Herald website. Uh, yeah. Simon's great site yeah. over there. It's updated daily and has uh, some yeah. uh, pictures and stuff on there from the crash site. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to the next yes. story, yes. uh, which is. Uh, 
just for a change this week. Right. Okay. Okay. This is on. As you're back. As I'm back. Yes. This is on the Express newspaper, express.co.uk. So mm. I'm very excited to be reading a story from them because they're always so uh, truthful. Um, it is uh, Ryanair's holidays uh, airline launch flight accommodation and transfer package deal. Ryanair launched its first ever package holiday deal today, revealing the news at a London press conference. Ryanair holidays will launch today across the UK. Ryanair has today launched a package holiday service named Ryanair Holidays, offering its 119 million customer flights, accommodation and transfer packages. Available on the Ryanair.com website, the Irish-based firm claims to be able to offer the best holidays at the lowest prices. Ryanair has partnered with Spain-based tour operator Logi Travel and accommodation provider World to Meet to create Ryanair holidays. The new package deal launches in the UK, Ireland and Germany today, with other markets set to follow in 2017. In London, Ryanair's Kenny Jacobs said that Ryanair's low fares transformed air travel in Europe, and now we're going to transform the package holiday market with the launch of Ryanair holidays, offering our customers uh, the unbeatable combination of Ryanair's low fares, uh, a wide range of accommodation options and transfers, all on the Ryanair.com website and all at the lowest prices. Customers have been paying too much for package holidays for years and more and more want to put their own packages together themselves. Ryanair customers already enjoy the biggest route network in Europe and with Ryanair holidays can choose from a fan sorry and with Ryanair holidays they can choose from a fantastic range of three, four and five star hotels throughout the Mediterranean and European cat capital cities. Ideal for last-minute getaways, summer family holidays, winter sun or city breaks. He revealed that following the launch of Ryanair car hire and Ryanair rooms, even more customers are going to, to Ryanair for services and products other than flights. I'm going to have to try this and see if this is actually uh, any good. Mm. You know, yeah, because I, I mean, I always use Travel Republic when, when I'm yeah. booking the holidays and flights in, in a... In a kind of you know without going direct to the suppliers um or like kayak or or one of those sites that people use and stuff but if ryan are going to do kind of an all um an all singing all dancing mm. package deal kind of <laughs> thing as, as long as you know you're not you know as long as long as like the accommodation's really cheap but you're paying over the odds for your food and, <laughs> and all that kind of thing it'd be, I mean, it'd be actually interesting Matt, to see what accommodation they're going to use whether they're yeah, going to use absolutely. certain hotels or whether they're going to be able oh, to I think almost, many hotels let, let's be honest it's going to be hotels that they've they've got decent deals with isn't it mm, I yeah mean, you know yeah. which which you can't blame for but then you know uh, as as long, at the end of the day a holiday is a holiday isn't it so i wonder whether i wonder whether ryanair will ever have their own hotels like a Ryanair hotel. Oh, I know EasyJet. EasyJet, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, went through, do. They, they do cruises and all yeah. sorts, don't they? As part of their. It'd be interesting to see a Ryanair hotel pop up somewhere. You know, they charge it, <laughs> charge it to you. Yeah. Use, uh... I think we're in dangerous territory here. I think we should move on. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to the next story, and uh, this one is on the EdgeMarkets.com website, and uh, the headline: Malaysia Airlines to start new. Airline. Oh. So uh, Kuala Lumpur Malaysian Airlines uh, BHD, a wholly owned subsidiary of Kazana National BHD, has aborted plans to sell some of its Airbus A380 Super Jumbos uh, and instead will use all six of them to start up a new airline to serve the Hajj and Amara market. 
Uh, in its group, Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer CEO Peter Bellew said the group is working towards finalizing plans for the formation of a new airline, which is expected to be operational by the end of 2018. We will apply for the license to start the new airline next year in 2017. And the plan is to hang on to those A380s for now until the new 6A350s arrive in October 2017 through April 2018. And then we will fly the A350s en route between Kuala Lumpur and London, leaving the A380s to be utilised by the new airline, he told the Edge Financial Daily over the phone yesterday. In a statement uh, yesterday, the national carrier said it's already transporting Muslim pilgrims on charter flights to Saudi Arabia successfully and is in a good position to cater for increased passenger demand on the route. According to Baloo, Malaysia Airlines is using one of the A380s to serve the Hajj and Umrah market, and the airline uh, carried around 70,000 passengers on this route during a nine-month period ending 30th September this year. Malaysia Airlines has been trying to dispose of its A380s for a while now, and it had attempted to sell two of its six A380s in 2015, but did not find buyers and so elected to retain the aircraft until the A350s arrive. In February, its former CEO Christopher Muller was reported as saying that it was keeping all six of them until at least 2018 after retiring its fleet of Boeing 777s. Blue had in June said Malaysia Airlines will retrofit the six A380s to introduce a premium economy seats by March next year and will sell the entire fleet by 2018. More recently, however, Baloo was reportedly saying that Malaysian Airlines is working on a new configuration for the A380s with Airbus that gives the group's new charter airline flexibility to have 650 seats with a small business class cabin or 700 seats in an all-economy configuration. In announcing its latest uh, quarterly update, Malaysian Airlines said it carried 3.6 million passengers in the third quarter of uh, September 30th to uh, 2016, 9% uh, more than the 3.3 million passengers carried in the second quarter of 2016. Passenger loads factors in the third quarter of 2016 improved to 79.3% uh, from 68.6% in the second quarter of 2016 and 74% in the third quarter of 2015. So it's good news for the A380s in the Malaysia fleet. At least they will be uh, binning them off soon. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, ha they haven't actually said on here what the new airline is going to be called. No, absolutely. Um, whether though they don't know yet, or that. Um, well, they're keeping it under, keeping under, it under wraps, wraps until launch, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I suppose I suppose maximise them and the, the capacity of the A380 because obviously it can carry mm. 700 people yeah. in a hugely configured, you know, massive uh, economy configured. Um, you know, mm. basis. So it, you know, it'll work that way. But yeah. uh, there's, there's not. I don't think there's any airlines who do that yet who fill up the aircraft to its maximum capacity. You know, that you kind of like to get a bit of leg room between the next right, person. Right, in front yeah, of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like. To, that's one of the airlines I'd love to see fly the A380. A Ryanair A380. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Wow, uh, he could. Yeah. He could. It'd be cozy. Pile people yeah, in there. Absolutely. Yeah, really good ram them all in. So moving yes. on to yes, moving on the, to the next story. Next story. Yes, the next story is on. On the khou.com website, and um, this is Houston, Texas. It's obviously a, a news channel of some description, which is why you heard a noise break out, break out while I was uh, doing it. But the headline is Houston couple reunited with dog lost by Mexican airline. Uh, a Houston couple was reunited with their dog in Mexico City Wednesday after the airline lost the pup. 
Um, a few days ago, the airline Interjet tweeted a picture of Micah, who ran away when an airport worker dropped her crate. Uh, Micah's owners weren't told their dog was lost until they landed in Houston, so they went uh, straight back to Mexico City. Micah was found Wednesday and reunited with her owners. The airline tweeted several pictures of their reunion before the couple got home. It's a, it's a very sweet story. Um, also, let me just pop uh, some of those pictures up if you are watching in YouTube. It's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a very cute dog, it has to be said. Uh, I'm not quite sure... Um, it's a bit short, but uh, nevertheless, very cute. Is that an Alfie dog? No, it's not an Alfie Isn't dog. Isn't that an Alfie no, dog? No, it's not an Alfie dog. It looks like an Alfie yeah. dog. Alfie would kill me if I put one of those around his neck. Oh, okay. To be <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it's a very sweet story, and it's got a happy ending. Everything at least they found there. a dog. They did indeed, yes. A dog was found, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's indeed. going mental in the chat room about a dog. Oh, well, Lost well, dog. Yeah. Lost absolutely. dog. I know. It's very, it's very sweet. Very sad, but a uh, happy ending. Happy ending, all. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the fact that they immediately jumped on the plane and went straight home straight back I can't believe they didn't tell them that the dog was missing um, like you know surely they would have contacted them and say because they must have known who the dog was supposed to be you know, known which passenger it was associated to I know I'd be glad if they lost Poppy mm. I'd sue the airline I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you put, I can't imagine you putting Poppy in a crate let alone no, Poppy on an airplane <laughs> Anyway, so next, moving on to the next story, story. <laughs> yeah. and uh, any uh, as Christmas is fast approaching, uh, Michael says he has the same puppy dog eyes. By the way, oh yeah. bless him! <laughs> but anyone who uh, anyone who's getting ready for the Christmas festive Ooh, yes. period, Ooh. and anyone who's in the chat room who's a fan of uh, the airline, the Austrian airline, Nikki. Yes. So on the uh, local. Uh, .at website this one and the headline Christmas trees fly for free with Austrian airline Nikki. Mm -hmm. So if you're flying abroad this festive season and want to take your Christmas tree with you don't despair. Austrian airline Fly Nikki and German carrier Air Berlin will let you bring your spruce tr uh, tree for free on all of their international flights. Right. The tree can be up to two metres high and must be booked on your flight 48 hours before it leaves via the airline group's service centre. Fly Nikki said that uh, 200 passengers took advantage of the offer last Christmas and believe that more people will want to fly with their trees this year. The majority of tra <laughs> this is so bizarre. The majority of travellers who took a tree with them were travelling to Palma on the Spanish island of Mallorca. However, anyone who hates Christmas should avoid flying with Nikki throughout December, as the guests will be greeted with the sounds of festive music as they board the aircraft. And after 6 p.m., flight attendants will serve free glasses of punch or glühwein. Glühwein. On December the 6th, all passengers will be treated to a chocolate St. Nicholas. Ah, oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> What's up? Is it a slow news day, but it's a slow oh, news no. week by any chance, Carlos? <laughs> I just Did you have saw, a spot of trouble finding some stories this I saw this story week, and I thought this was right. so bizarre. Okay. I just had visions of all these people sitting on board, you know... I don't know, say a, a, right. a dreamliner. With uh, a Christmas tree sat With a Christmas tree sat right. beside okay. them uh, with a seatbelt <laughs> on and some sort of baubles and, mm. and tinsel and don't tell, say Gemma I'll, tinsel because she hates you, tinsel. I'll, and uh, <laughs> lights and tinsel? Yeah, she hates tinsel. Really? Uh, yeah, really. Oh. And, and sort of sitting there with a little smiley face on. Right. And okay. um, But I'll tell you what, the smell would be lovely with these trees on board the aircraft. I literally have nothing to add to this conversation. How's the chat room responding to that story? 
I don't know. Uh, <coughs> Micah is discussing the possibility of making sure that the uh, the tree is housebroken before it gets on on, on board. Which I think is good. well, in in the states they have those um, they fly with uh, what they call them the um, 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 yeah. flyer. Yeah. Um, um, Myla has. Like a, I'm pet, going to interrupt you because I'm so horrified by this story. Is, it, is it, my, Myla has just said, "Are you sure it wasn't written on April 1st No, no, no. This <laughs> no, is a brand new story, sure? Micah. I don't believe you. <clears throat> anyway, yes. no, they have those comfort pets in the states. You're allowed to take your dog on board the aircraft right. in, the, in the US, okay, um, to, uh, you know, to help you calm your nerves and all that. So perhaps right. you know. Some well, people a bit wide. I'm not aware Christmas of Christmas tree. trees having calming properties, however. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, can we move on to so a more, slightly on. more to serious the, story? To the next then, story. Yes, okay. Uh, now, this, this is quite a serious story, the next one. I'll pick for you, Matt. So, oh, um, splendid. Yes, okay. Yeah. This is on the Richmond Times Dispatch website, and the headline is Loaded Gun Found in woman, Woman's Carry-On Luggage at Richmond International Airport. This is not good. A new Kent county woman was charged after a loaded gun was found Wednesday. It uh, was found on Wednesday in her carry-on luggage at Richmond International Airport. The Transportation Security Administration said on Thursday the uh, the um, dot .380, I'm, I'm not very good at this, uh, the 380 caliber pistol was loaded with three bullets, including one in the chamber, the TSA said. This is really worrying. I don't like this at all. The airport uh, police confiscated the gun and cited the woman who lives in Quinton, t- uh, the TSA also said. Uh, anyone who brings a firearm into an airport security checkpoint is subject to possible criminal charges from law enforcement and civil penalties penalties from the TSA of up to $12,000, which frankly is not enough money. It's a very short story, but that is quite worrying. I can't believe I, I can't believe no. in a time of heightened security and with all the signs and yeah absolutely that somebody would be silly enough to take a, I mean you don't take a handgun on an aircraft <laughs> under any circumstances oh, no. I'm sorry but then I, I guess I mean don't get me wrong we are far from perfect here in the UK but um, you know. but I mean the fee I mean the fee they say the uh, fine alone yeah, that the TSA charged twelve thousand dollars well and I, ho- I hope they levy the whole twelve thousand dollars on on this on this lady for for being so stupid I'm sorry I know taking a loaded handgun on an yeah, aircraft is absolutely. not really something it's, you want to do in this crazy. day and age no yeah, absolutely even crazy. If you, I mean yeah. you couldn't even forget it really if it is you know because you know, mm. they don't they're not you know they, they do weigh mm. away yeah, you know you're not yeah. going to miss the uh, weight of this but mm. yeah Crazy, Troubling. crazy. So next story, mm-hmm. uh, moving on, on the site, uh, well, this is on the brettbart.com mm. website. And uh, found this one early this week, and this, this story was really bizarre. And for those of you who uh, who look on YouTube, there's actually a video yeah. of this on YouTube. Uh, there's a picture as well, which Matt will put up in a second while I'm reading the story. But the, um, the headline is Psych Eval Ordered After Woman Jumps Out of Airliner. So Houston, Texas, uh, a woman is undergoing psychological testing after she opened an airliner's emergency exit and jumped out of the plane. Really? Passengers said the woman gave no indication that anything was wrong when she suddenly opened the door of a United Airlines jet and made a hasty exit. The aircraft had just landed on a flight from New Orleans and had not yet reached a gate, according to a report. And uh, they said that, uh, I look over and sunlight and I just see a figure essentially step out of it, Hampton Friedman said to reporters. And then I'm like, what was that? Friedman shot a video and posted it on YouTube shortly after the woman had exited the plane. 
the as-yet-unidentified woman jumped nearly 15 feet from the wing of the plane and took off running across the tarmac, according to witnesses on the aircraft. She was eventually captured by the authorities on the ground. Her unorthodox departure from the aircraft left passengers worried she might have left something behind that could harm them and the aircraft. Law enforcement officials uh, with bomb dogs quickly boarded the aircraft and found that nothing unusual had been left behind. Kathy Cole had observed the woman's behavior during the flight, and in a Facebook post she had wrote, A lady opened the emergency exit door, which she was seated next to, and jumped off the plane, ran to the terminal. We stopped for a short gate waiting, so she got the, or we stopped for a short while uh, while waiting for the gate, and she got the exit door open and jumped off onto the tarmac. Several people said that we have a runner before we knew it, the door was open. And now it turns out she was uh, in. Uh, in, well, now it turns out she was in NO at United Desk. I'm not going to go there, but uh, and uh, also the um, apparently according to this, the woman had paid cash to get on the flight. Uh, she said as well. But there's loads of other bits and reports on here. How it makes sense, really. But you see the pictures that Matt probably put up on the screen there. Mm, I, I played and, the video. Um, the out video, one. yeah. I mean, the video just shows you know just there's, shows the door, there's people sitting there just yeah. sort of uh, on the phones, yeah. and and there's the over. I think that's the overwing exit door. Mm. That she's opened on the aircraft. So, very um, odd. Very, very odd. I mean, it, 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 as, as you say, they're quite right though. Thinking, well, what she left on the <laughs> plane? Bizarre. She opened the door and just does a runner. I mean, it's it's very strange. I mean, that, right? is, that is quite a dis. I mean, that was only a little. Mm. That was only a little seven three seven. That uh, that. I don't think it really out. matters what, but what even plane so, it is. It's quite. High, it's still high up the <laughs> yeah. ground. You know, yeah. it's not really somewhere you want to be jumping from. No, um, no, it's not. You know. Unless you're in a you know hurry to get out, I suppose. I well, yeah, know. but the, the, as as it said though, I mean, like these passengers and stuff. Why is she suddenly in such a hurry to get out? Was there something on the plane that that people needed to be worried about? Mm, mm. You know. But um, mm. so moving on to yes. the next story. Yeah, the next story. This is on Ooh, the news dot com dot au. So this is uh, an Australian website. Is that correct? Mm. Uh, and it's news dot com dot au. And the headline is: Aviation startup aims to bring supersonic jet speed to commercial air. Airlines. Ooh, this is exciting. Uh, commercial airline, uh, commercial air flight was a revolutionary thing, opening up the world to travellers like never before. Since then, there has been a number of aerospace advances improving the efficiency and affordability of commercial air travel. But arguably, the most important of them all remains largely unsolved. Sure, commercial flying has improved, routes have increased, and the in-flight entertainment has improved, uh, but commercial airplanes uh, still pretty much fly at the same speed as they did back in the 1950s. The Boeing 737, for example, is a 50-year-old design that remains a workhorse uh, of remains workhorses of the airline industry. When it comes to uh, sipping a gin and tonic 40,000 feet above the ground, our need for speed remains somewhat uns- unsatisfied. Uh, but Boom Technology, an aviation startup based in Colorado, aims to bring to change all that. The firm is working to produce a commercial airliner that can travel more than two and a half times the speed of current passenger jets, bringing supersonic jet speed to the mainstream. This month, the company unveiled a subscale prototype of a supersonic passenger jet. It hopes can be the next generation Concorde, uh, more than a decade after the first super speed uh, passenger jet plane was retired. The prototype called the XB-1 supersonic uh, demonstrator, nicknamed Baby Boom, won't take to the skies until 2017, which is that not that far away, actually. Uh, it is one third the size of the plane it hopes 
to B, which is designed to eventually hold 44 passengers as it shoots across the sky, cutting travel time in half. I can see this, to be honest, just being a biz jet. Mm. Let's be honest. Uh, the company is hesitant to put a time frame on when such a plane might be ready for the public, but it's uh, but it won't be before 2020. Yeah, the uh, it's. I mean, we've been talking about this stories on and off over the last oh, over the last year, really, Matt, yeah, about uh, the possibility of a passenger aircraft. Mm. You know, a, 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 a you know a supersonic passenger yeah. aircraft. It would be lovely to have one back again in it the sky. It would skies. very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Actually, it does say the passenger airplane will fly at Mach two point two speed, mm. uh, a velocity which takes its name from these from a scale developed by the nineteenth century scientist Ernest Mach. Basically, Mach one speed means an object is travelling at the speed of sound, while Mach two means it's going twice as fast as the speed of sound. Yeah, sorry, it's a quick science lesson yeah. for everyone there. Uh, but uh, did you put the pictures up on I the did, screen yeah, now? That yeah, 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 it looks yeah, yeah. that looks really. It'd be, it yeah. would be amazing to have something. Like, but I think it's gonna it's gonna be years. Yeah, I mean it says yeah. on the story there yeah. uh, won't be before twenty twenty. No, no um, exactly. I think if we see this in our uh, before we retire, in Matt, our lifetime, uh, be, yeah, <laughs> I say given the fact that it's only talking about forty four old passengers, though I can really, uh, to be honest, mm, yeah. it's only going to be a biz jet. Let's yeah. be honest, you know, perhaps, perhaps um, we all still miss the Concorde. We do, we we That's do. All miss it. I still, well, as I say, yeah. I know it was an old aircraft, but I, I still don't understand why it was taken out of service without a. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do a Concorde 2 or something, mm. do you know what I mean? But anyway. Yeah. So the next story on the robreport.com website. And uh, most of you will know of uh, the manufacturer Cirrus, mm. uh, who make the SR-22, I think it is, uh, one that has the, the one that has the ballistic parachute Ooh. that, um, you know, if you have an issue, you pull the handle and you get a parachute that uh, gently glides you to the ground. But uh, Cirrus, uh, one step closer to launching its first mm. jet aircraft. And uh, Cirrus Aircraft is well known for its high-tech single-engine aeroplanes, which come with a full aircraft parachute as standard equipment. And now the company has achieved certification from the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, to start deliveries of its chute-equipped Vision Jet. Uh, the Vision uh, Jet, uh, which is going to cost you around about $2 million, is the company's first jet aircraft and has been in development for 10 years. It will also be the only single-engine jet in the U.S. market and is designed to appeal to owner-operators stepping up from a piston plane. The cabin features expansive windows and seats for up to five adults, including the pilot and two children. The modular seats are easy to re reposition for a variety of missions. Uh, the jet will travel at speeds of up to 345 miles per hour um, for as far as 1,380 miles. A side yoke for the flight controls and a single uh, lever smart controller for the Williams International FJ33-5A jet engine will keep the cockpit efficient and uncluttered. Cirrus Perspective Avionics by Garmin fill the plane's dual touchscreens and synthetic vision technology helps pilots land safely even when it's dark or foggy. To make it an easy transition for piston pilots to learn to fly the jet, the company has also got plans to train all vision pilots in-house with the emphasis on safety. The Cirrus training program along with the parachute system have been credited with reducing accidents among the piston fleet and in 2014 almost 6,000 Cirrus piston aircraft logged more than 1 million flight hours with just three fatal accidents. I mean that's the pretty pretty damn cool. Mm. I mean Matt's got the picture there on the screen for those of you in the YouTube chat room can see 
this uh, this new Cirrus thing, jet. I mean, you can see the engine's been mounted mm -hmm. on top of the fuselage. It's got the V-tail. Uh, for those of you who can't see the pictures, there's a V-tail mm -hmm. uh, aircraft with the engine mounted uh, where the number two engine is on the uh, TriStar or the DC-10. And uh, the interior also looks uh, rather snazzy. Matt, uh, he can put that up on the screen as well. Mm. Uh, of the interior with the rather nice stylish uh, executive seats inside there as well for those of you in oh the seat good in the Lord, YouTube chat this room. is very perish isn't it it is rather nice yeah so that will set you back two million dollars so um, I mean we I suppose if we won the lottery this weekend we could afford that Matt <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. In, in US no, I don't think we can. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think. Well, no. All right. We might be able to afford one flight in it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that'd be enough. That'd be enough. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the next story, then, Matt. This one's on our on our local paper. It is indeed. Here, yes, in on the local here. chip chip wrapper, as they used to call it here. Uh, very very exciting for us, I think. This is on the Eastern Daily Press. Uh, this is the EDP, uh, and the headline is Norwich flight at high risk of collision due to air traffic mix-up. Oh dear, this is very, very worrying. An extra air traffic controller told a flyby pilot on a flight from Norwich, I'm not sure which way to go now, shortly before a high risk of collision between two aircraft was present prevented. The incident between Mooney M20 aircraft and the DHC-8 flyby plane occurred at 3.20pm on the 15th of July and the details of it were revealed in an official air prox report filed by the Civil Aviation Authority board this week. It happened on the Norwich to Exeter flight uh, second runway approach overseen by a trainee air traffic controller after the first attempt was abandoned because of conflicting unknown traffic. The flyby pilot had deemed there to be a high risk of collision, but the report found that although safety had been degraded, the, uh, the action taken had removed the possibility of a collision. The report stated the controller acknowledged this and said something like, I'm not sure what heading to turn you onto. Another voice, presumably the supervisor, said, said turn left to 180. Uh, they turned... Uh, continued to climb and the transition altitude cleared. The trainee was quickly relieved by an on-the-job training instructor after it was deemed that the trainee had unsatisfactorily let the situation continue as the aircraft got clo uh, the aircraft got closer together. The civil flight from uh, Dunkswell uh, bound for the Channel Islands had initially appeared on radar with no information on how high up it was and as a result, the flyby flight was told to go around, climb 3,000 feet and turn right. At one point, the flyby pilot report um, uh, that the civil, air civil aircraft was just 300 feet below, but the report found that the two aircraft were well separated at 900 feet apart. The incident had occurred after the civil uh, aircraft failed to communicate with Exeter Airport as the pilot had been told to contact London to activate his flight plan, but was told they were busy. What? Uh, the report concluded that Exeter's air traffic control centre had vectored or navigated the flyby flight into conflict with the M20. A spokesperson for Exeter Airport said, as detailed in the report, the aircraft were well separated and the action taken removed the possibility of a... I don't call 900 feet 
um, you know, well separated. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's the information from the official report. So it, mm. it's not that. This report offers valuable feedback which will be used to further enhance our own already stringent safety procedures. And we are pleased that following this report, new flight planning uh, arrangements are also being put in place for light aircraft using Dunkswell Aerodrome. Uh, Luke, uh, who is a representative or who is the chief flyby. Uh, sorry, the Flybe Chief Operations Officer said Flybe welcomes the findings contained in the Airprox report. The airline industry operates under the strictest of regulatory screams, uh, which is why aviation remains the safest of all forms of public transport. I'm sorry, that's the world. I mean, yes, it's people have got to be trained. Yeah, you know, this doesn't happen all the time. It's no, just, it um, no. you know, it's one of those things that, that yeah. will obviously happen. Yeah, it's going to be investigated and stuff, but. You know, three hundred. He, uh, he said three hundred feet below, but the report was found that they said that they were well set. I mean, I know how how much three hundred feet is. Yeah. Uh, when I'm three hundred feet above the ground in the Cessna, it's not that far. Three hundred yeah. feet. You know, no, not when you're looking. Not. not when you're looking out the uh, the window at the ground below no. you. <laughs> no, it's not um, far away. And at to all. see an aircraft at three hundred feet below you, it would um, yeah, it, it, it would definitely day. scare the living daylights <laughs> yeah, out of me. There's no doubt about yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Something's gone wrong if you're that close. Yeah. 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 But. Um, but Flybe is one of those, uh, for those of you guys in the States, Flybe is one of those uh, popular, low, well, it's kind of low-cost carrier in the UK here that flies from our regional airport here at Norwich Yeah. Uh, with the Dash, uh, the Dash 400s. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So moving on to the next story, and this one is on the Tribune.com.pk. And uh, for you Airbus lovers, uh, Germany, uh, so the headline is Germany Museum Interested in PIA's XA310 aircraft. Uh, that's uh, Karachi, the story's come from. A museum in Germany has expressed interest in buying Airbus A310 aircraft mm. from Pakistan International Airlines after the national carrier placed an advertisement intended to sell the aircraft uh, of uh, all of its aircraft of that variant. Uh, the museum wants to keep it as a symbol of uh, Pakistan International Airlines. Uh, presence in Europe among se uh, several other international airlines. The final decision about selling it will be made after bids are opened on December the 12th, and that's next week, uh, in accordance with relevant rules. Uh, it has also been revealed that Pakistan International Airlines has acquired 18 narrow-bodied fuel-efficient aircraft during the last two years, which has improved its fleet age from 14 to 9 years. The induction has meant the punctuality of flights has also witnessed an increase above 90% during 2016. Mm. Official sources at Aviation Division, while listing achievements and profit earned by PIA during the tenure of present government on Wednesday, said the organisation recorded a gross operating profit of uh, 2.83 million rupees or billion rupees in the first quarter of 2015. That's a frightening number. <laughs> uh, the source uh, said that uh, PI also launched its premier service initially on the London route, effective mm. August 14th this year, uh, and response of this upgraded service is very encouraging. Indeed. So PIA also has obtained A330-300 aircraft from Sri Lankan Airlines, uh, the source has said, in line with Prime Minister Youth's Development Programme, cabin crew training centres have been established at uh, Lahore, Nuabash, Swat, Rawalpindi, Peshawar and Quetta, besides Karachi. 
the cabin uh, crew. I'm sorry, what? The cabin crew <laughs> were trained from Qatar Airways or Qatar or Qatar or Qatar, Qatar, whatever you want to call mm. it. Yeah. Uh, while new seat tablets were introduced for Boeing 777 aircraft in business class. Well, so the initial story then um, is uh, of, a, of a museum in Germany then mm. are going to have one of these. I mean, they're not a small aircraft, the A310. Nope. They're a no, wide bodied aircraft. Um, but it's, it's nice to see that. I mean, because these are an old aircraft now, the mm. A310. It's nice to see. Yeah. They're going to keep one um, just in the museum. To uh, yeah, for people to go and look around. Very we need cool. to go to some of these museums we around do, Europe we do, because we there do, are definitely. some fantastic yep. museums in and around uh, in Europe and stuff. So indeed. And the last story, as we move on to the last story, uh, last story basically because as some of you may know, we've had some rather major technical problems. Interesting one today. this is. Yeah, it is very it's interesting. An airline so we're going to finish with most this people. Story. I think yep. have travelled on in the UK. Indeed, absolutely. Even I have, and I do mm. very little flying. This is on the Travel Weekly headline head. I'll try that again, shall I? It's the travelweekly.co.uk website, and the headline is Entire Thomas Cook Aircraft Fleet to be refurbished for summer 2017. Woohoo! How cool is that? Uh, every single Thomas Cook aircraft will be either re new or refurbished in time for the summer 2017, following a £100 million investment, which is a crazy number. Blimey. Uh, Cook's fleet of 89 airplanes carries more than 6.7 million passengers. A year to 60 destinations across Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. It includes uh, 12 Boeing 767-300s, 10 Airbus A330s, and Airbus A320s, Airbus A321s, Boeing 757-300s, and Boeing 767s. Travel Weekly was told the refurbishment program will be completed at Thomas Cook's conference. Uh, will be will be completed at Cook's conference in Paphos in Cyprus. There we go. There, there you is. heard it here Absolutely. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Thomas Cook changed their logo, didn't they, not so long Yeah, they did, yeah. To the, uh, the, to what uh, we see the love fact, heart, the kind of fact, gold fact, love fact, heart. Yeah, yeah. It's not a very good picture, but you can just see it there, look, uh, on the tail fin there. Little, little, um, and a relatively new airline, Matt. I didn't realise that. Thomas Cook were actually formed in June 2007. Oh, were they? Yeah, they were. Um, didn't they have something to do with TUI or something? Or they are formed no, Thompson, isn't it? Uh, oh, by the merger of Thomas Cook. Um, with uh, Thomas Cook AG, with the success of Thomas Cook and Son, and they're part of the My Travel Group PLC. Mm. So yeah, it'll be nice because some of their aircraft were getting a bit ropey. I will say the last yeah. Thomas Cook aircraft I flew on, which uh, was uh, a three twenty, um, would was definitely definitely in need of a um, indeed yeah, a little tickle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little tickle, he says. Yeah. So there we go. That's a commercial news segment we're going to bring yep. to a close. Yes. Uh, so we've got a segment from Pip, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We've yep. also got some a couple of bits we took from Matt's from birthday Ma party yep. as well, with the messages party. that all you guys and girls yeah. sent in yeah, that was a for Matt, surprise, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to close the show, we're going to just give you all guys some more info on yep. the yep. competition we're running yep. for Christmas this year. Indeed. Okay, so brace yourselves, everyone. It's time to sit back, relax. We've got a very exciting segment from the legend that is Pilot Pip. And uh, this week, uh, he's talking about skydiving. Ooh. And he's got a very special guest. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hi, everyone. It's Pip here with another segment for the guys. And this week, I'm going to be talking about skydiving, jumping out of aeroplanes. Now, you might think, what on earth, Pip, do you know about skydiving? Well, actually, the answer is 
I know absolutely nothing about skydiving. Now, if only I had somebody here who does know something about it. Anybody? Um, I can probably help with a little bit. Hey, who's that, Steph? It is. Wow, what's a, a nice girl like you doing on a crappy podcast like this? I think someone invited me here today. I'm not sure who it was, but I'll make sure I file my complaints. Well, fancy seeing you here. Yes. No, no very nice to be here with you, Pip. <laughs> yes, you nice to have you on as well. It's great uh, if I can get someone else to do all the hard work for me. So, uh, Steph and I and Al, who has just left us, has just recorded a, a plane safety podcast episode, and Steph has very kindly agreed to also help me with this little segment now for the guys. So, Steph, uh, skydiving, what is it about the sport that makes you want to jump out of an aeroplane? What's, what's it all about? To be, to be honest, it's really all about improving your skill at it and always learning new um, it's really the self-improvement process um, there's really a lot to be learned about skydiving most people think it's just jumping out of the airplane and kind of free-falling through the air and then at a certain altitude you deploy your parachute and then float gracefully to the ground and that's not the case at all there's all kinds of things you can do while you're in free fall whether it's uh, doing relative work with other people so falling in formations um, you, know, you can do it with a belly-to-ground orientation, so belly flying. Um, you can do what's called free flying, which is anything other than belly-to-ground orientation, so sit flying, head down. Um, there's all kinds of stuff, and you can even get into the point of doing it competitively, so where you're building different formations or trying to go for different records with numbers of people um, in a formation. And that's what kind of keeps me going back to it, is always that um, self-improvement and being a better skydiver and learning how to do more different and fun things mm -hmm. and so for you what came first was it uh, the learning to fly or was it the skydiving oh it was learning to fly absolutely um i i've told this story before but that kind of came about when i was in residency um after i completed my um undergraduate medical education i um matched with a program out in eastern north carolina and great program for residency and while i was out there i uh through one of my colleagues at work, became friends with a flight instructor. And I used to do some babysitting for them. And then at one point he said, well, instead of us just paying you for babysitting, do you want to just, you know, go for an intro flight? <laughs> and mm -hmm. that was really the best uh, sales technique anyone's ever used on me because then I had to spend all of my money learning how to fly airplanes. Um, and it just so happened that the uh, little airport that we were flying out of and doing all my flight instruction out of also had a skydiving school, commonly known as a uh, drop zone, a um, place where skydivers get together and jump out of airplanes. So for quite a number of years, I you know, became friends with all of these guys and gals and watched them jump out of airplanes, and I never had any desire to really do that myself, um, other than I was like, well, I'll, I'll do a tandem jump. That could be fun. Um, so I did one of those, and then like a year later, I did another tandem jump. And then a year later, I did another tandem jump, but it wasn't anything that I really pursued you know wasn't really until i had finished all of my or the vast majority of my flight training i'd already completed my private pilot certificate i was uh, i think i had my instrument rating i was working on my commercial and multi-engine stuff and i had at some point accumulated four tandem jumps and i said mm -hmm. I, I don't think i can do another tandem jump i think i probably just need to see if i can figure this out for myself okay so. oh, and what's the the, the progression 
at what mm -hmm. point, uh, you know, is it, do you get a license to, to jump? Do, is it like do. flying? I pulled up, um, you know, I'm not familiar, as familiar with what happens in the UK, and it looks like it's a little bit different, but real quick, I'll just go through what happens in the United States. Mm. Um, at most, um, so there's, there's actually a governing body, the United States Parachute Association, and they uh, more or less accredit uh, different drop zones, schools, um, um, who meet their standards. Um, and those schools will offer uh, what they call first jump courses and then also accelerated free fall or accelerated free fall progression courses. Um, and basically to get an A license, which is where you're allowed to not only jump by yourself, but jump with groups of other people um, who are not instructors or coaches or otherwise, you have to go through a whole series of learning how to do different things, different maneuvers, different ways to turn your body, doing front flips, back flips, basically things where you become unstable and then show that you can become stable again in a uh, belly to earth uh, orientation. Um, typically requires 25 jumps and you have to be signed off on all of those jumps. Um, there's different things on the proficiency card that you have to complete and um, once you have your A license, then as long as you make a skydive every 60 days, you are essentially current and you pay your dues to um, the United States Parachute Association every every year. Uh, right. Um, and generally, is it an expensive hobby compared to flying? So it is expensive at the at the onset, definitely. Um, I forget what the um, so like the first jump course in and of itself was something like. Oh gosh, I forget. $300 maybe, but you can easily spend a couple thousand dollars um, just doing the training. And then once you're finished with your training, you, most people want to get their own equipment instead of renting gear. Mm -hmm. um, so that can cost anywhere. I mean, it, most people will actually get used gear first. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of good quality used gear out there because as skydivers progress through um, uh, different levels of competency. They generally will downsize their canopies for something that's, um, you know, higher higher wing, wing loading, um, something faster, a little bit more aggressive, more fun to fly. Um, so that stuff just gets kind of passed down and um, working with a certified rigger who can uh, look at and inspect all of that equipment. You can find some really good stuff out there for quite a discount, but getting your own complete rig. So uh, a container and harness system, a reserve canopy, a main canopy, um, an automated um, activation device, which is kind of a safety system that will deploy your reserve parachute if you failed to do so in a certain time period and yeah. you're still traveling a certain speed through the air or at a certain altitude. That can easily run anywhere from, you know, 5000 to $10,000. <laughs> Yikes. So it's not, it's not cheap. Um, but then once you've, you've basically laid out all of that, financial component, um, skydives then become fairly cheap, generally in the 25 to $30 per skydive range. Sure. So. Now, talking of equipment, I saw on Twitter the other day you posted a, quite a cool little time-lapse video of you packing a parachute. Mm -hmm. um, now, that would make me as nervous as heck, <laughs> packing a, relying on my own skills to pack a parachute. Is that something you need to be signed off to do, or, or is it a case of it's your it parachute, is. It's, part it's of, your life? It's part of getting your, your A license here in the United States. So in order to get an A license, you actually have to attend a um, course to learn how to pack your own parachute, and you'll be supervised doing that numerous times. And, uh, you know, from there on, you're <laughs> basically signed off on how to do it. Um, there's nothing exceptionally difficult about understanding how to pack a parachute. It's basically 
making sure that you've managed all the fabric and the lines to make sure that everything deploys in an orderly fashion so you don't get lines looping over fabric that can cause problems and quote-unquote malfunctions. So once you understand that process, that's the easy part of it. The, sometimes the hard part is if you're dealing with a newer canopy, one that's really crispy, it doesn't like to pack as well. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it can just be tricky at the onset of figuring out how to get all the fabric folded and get it into the uh, main deployment container without letting it all kind of you know, spill back out of the top. Um, so there, there's a lot of practice that goes into it usually, especially at the onset. I'd say that I'm still kind of slow at packing my parachute. So if I'm, you know, at the drop zone and doing stuff with groups of people where we're trying to get on loads more quickly, they actually do employ people to pack the parachute I for see, you. Yeah. And okay. I know all of them and I'm comfortable with them doing that. Sure. Mm. Now we, uh, we wear parachutes uh, when we do the gliding thing, but I'm... Really? Yeah, we do. We, we wear parachutes. Uh, I would hate to have to use them because I wonder, I was thinking about this the other day when we were doing the spinning exercises in the gliding, let's say for some reason we had to bail out of the glider at 2,000 feet. I'd imagine it would take me a couple of seconds to make that decision, um, a few more seconds to jettison the glider canopy, so probably lost a few more hundred feet by that point. I wonder mm -hmm. if there's enough height, you know, it's 1,500 feet, for example, enough height to get out and deploy a parachute and, sure. um, you know, not plummet into the ground and kill yourself. Depends on what kind of um, parachute you have in there, and I'm assuming it's more like one of our reserve parachutes, which is going to open and deploy very quickly. Um, and the reason being is because that's, they know that's your, you know, you've had to cut away from your main parachute, which generally has more of a docile opening. It may take, you know, a 1,000 feet in some cases if you have a really slow oh, wow. opening parachute to fully inflate. Um, but the reserve parachutes open very quickly and in fact I was talking about that automated um, activation device that's installed on a lot of mm -hmm. um, skydiving rigs. Those are set to deploy anywhere between 750 and like 1200 to 1500 feet depending on what you want but generally um, if you reach that altitude above the ground you know 750 being generally the lowest and you have not deployed your main parachute and it senses you're still falling at a terminal velocity, it will deploy your reserve. Now, you're not going to have a lot of time under canopy, but it might be the difference between, you know, saving your life and, and not. So. Yeah, well, I hope I never find out. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So uh, where's all this leading for you, uh, Steph? You want to get into competitions or uh, formation skydiving? Um, or you're no, just, it's just in it for the fun? For now, it's just for the for the fun of it. I enjoy it. I don't, um, you know, I probably get out there once a month or every other month and um, make a couple of skydives, and that's about all I have time-wise to do that. So for now, it's just something that I enjoy doing on the side. Super. Well, good for you. I must say um, I'd do it if someone offered me the chance, but uh, I don't feel any urge whatsoever to uh, get up there and yeah. jump out, but uh, fair play to you. But just real quick, you mentioned, you know, this is the, the safety segment. So um, there is a lot of safety planning that goes into skydiving. It's not just people jumping on an airplane and then jumping right back out without any consideration for what's going on, you know, from taking care of your equipment, making sure that things are packed appropriately, making sure that you've checked and double checked those uh, closing pins and checked for other people if they ask you to making sure that all your gear is in working order, making sure you know the weather conditions, making sure you know where the winds are coming out of so that you can land safely, um, making sure that you're spotting before you get out of the aircraft, make sure there's no no airplanes below you, nothing that you don't want to fly through um, below you. That's That all goes into account. So, yeah, it sounds like there's a, the a, 
a lot of basic uh, airmanship sort of things that we'd have in, in common with uh, flying airplanes, lookouts and uh, just good common sense sort of things to exactly. consider. Super. Okay, well, Steph, hey, thanks very much for doing this little segment with me. I'm sure the guys will uh, love to hear your voice on the podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for uh, inviting me again. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Thank you. So, everyone listening in uh, Plane Talking UK land, until the next segment, take care and fly safe. And we'll hand it back to Carlos and Matt. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. that nice thanks ever so much for that pilot that was great, bit wasn't it yeah great that was segment, very yeah, great segment. Yeah, yeah and it's so nice to hear dr steph yeah oh, brilliant talking about skydiving i know i know i'll tell you i it, still it, don't understand why why people would jump out jump of a perfectly plane. functioning airplane i will never ever understand what's i mean don't get me wrong one of our friends makes a good living doing uh, flying that exact same plane but i know he never jumps out of the silly things no, no. <laughs> but it, it, uh, it just it does prove a point that you do you, it's one thing you need to do is pack yep. it properly you do yes absolutely if you get it wrong if you get it wrong you know it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. like you know it's a, a very it's expensive gonna be, it's gonna be like an umbrella coming yep. out of the uh, at the back you know it's not going to work very well Indeed. No, so thanks very much for that uh, pip don't forget you can uh, find mm. pip over at the plane safety podcast yep. on itunes and uh, f- catch up with him for his latest episodes, mm, which okay. uh, yeah, which should be good. I think he's got a new one coming out soon. I think Pip has. No, cool. Yeah, um, excellent. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you t- yeah, say take yourself over to the Plane Safety Podcast yes. yeah. website. So um, we're going to wrap up one four one in just a moment, but uh, we, we've got to. Co- we've promised a few because uh, it was my fortieth birthday party. As, yes. as we discussed last at weekend. the start of the show last weekend, <laughs> and we were lucky enough to have a few listeners there as well. Uh, and with a little help from the tech genius that is now Nev, we do have a couple of little videos, uh, including uh, some wonderful voice feedback that I, that I very kindly received via Carlos at my party uh, and we're going to play a little interview that Nev did with us at the party I apologize I was a little drunk uh, <laughs> and uh, also um, I'm going to play out the birthday messages as well so uh, sit back and relax here we go uh, we'll be back very shortly Hi everybody Nev here reporting from the famous Three Cooks restaurant in Bungie what a place it is and we're here with Matt and Carlos because it's Matt's 
40th birthday. Hey, I told you, there's no such thing. It's the, it's the 30th anniversary of my 10th birthday. No, not that way around. Whichever way around it is. I'm, I'm very sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I may have had a couple of sherbet lemons this evening. What sort of uh, day have you had, Matt? I've had a really nice day. I've just been sort of sport rotten, really. I went and had a. I've been sort of. I went to a gentleman's grooming parlour, and uh, my friend who's over there somewhere. He's he's a barber. But Carlos uses him as well. I think Nev, you're coming for your next haircut. I think as well. I only um, went yesterday, yeah, but I, I, it, I know it doesn't look like it. But there you are. But uh, yes, yeah, so um, yeah, went to uh, went to Swagger and Jackson Norwich, and and had a, and I had a, a, my first ever cutthroat shave, which I've never had before. So hey, <laughs> you know. Honestly, this is really awkward. Very nice, it does look yeah, as well. Yes, yeah, superb. And, and I've been styled, which is a which is a first. I've never sort of had my hair done done. Yeah, thanks, dear. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not the only one that's had a couple of drinks. I think this is the thing. But uh, yeah, so it's um, yeah, just done that really, uh, and, and just sort of um, started in the checkers about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being put off here, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, had a couple of drinks in the checkers down the road and, uh, and then came here. So it's been a, a very lovely and lazy day. It's been and a nice turnout as well. A lot of your friends here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's appropriate somehow. I suppose 40 people for my 40th birthday. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, pretty good. And as you would expect, um, the lovely Chan and Stuart have done an incredible job and we've all been beautifully fed. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's not my cheesecake you're eating, is it? No. <laughs> we'll fall out. We'll fall out. But it's been absolutely amazing. Chan, Chan, come and say hello. Come here. Come on, darling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come on. No, no, come here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is the lovely Chan. As I say, and Stuart over there. Minnie, just go over there. There we go. This is the lovely Stuart. The, these people own this wonderful restaurant that we've been eating in this evening. And, uh, yeah, and Chan has been, done such an incredible job on the ama on amazing food uh, and uh, with, with help from a, 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 what I can only describe as an army of people. Um, but it's been absolutely brilliant. I, I can't believe that every single meal that has come out has just been like you just coming on an ordinary night out. It's just been, oh, it's just been brilliant. So thank you very, thank very you much. Very but much. You can Happy go now. Birthday. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, you can go now. Yeah, absolutely superb food, wasn't it? Really, really nice. And yeah. uh, of course, we've got Carlos here as well. Yeah, greetings. Hello. And welcome to episode number... Oh, no, we're not on the <laughs> show now. <are> we? Um, <laughs> One for one. Yeah, we episode one for one. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it's been a fantastic night. So far. I mean, we're still early, still early. So uh, we had a fantastic meal. Uh, great beer uh, for the likes of uh, Captain Jeff and Doctor Steph and Nick and Rick. We've had the Green King IPA, and uh, no, it's well, it's a lovely beer. It's a lovely beer. And uh, yeah, we had some great food. And uh, well, we've got some music coming up later, and we've also got some special treats for you later as yeah, well, mate. Special treats. I, I, I've heard rumours. Yeah, it's all a bit top secret at the moment. Uh, all will be revealed uh, later on. But of course, yeah. it's not your birthday until it's later Tuesday, next week. So, what are you doing then? You're going to. Uh, I just got. Um, most people are back to work, so I'm just going out for a, a meal with Geordie, uh, G my best friend Geordie, Jill, my mum, and uh, Jay. Uh, nothing, no, nothing against you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know, I know. Hey, you're oh, okay. Bye bye. Um, yeah, so we're just going out for a meal in Yarmouth uh, in a very nice Indian restaurant there. So just doing that for the actual day. But uh, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Well, really looking forward to all of that. And thanks very much indeed for uh, speaking to me. And thank you for inviting me to your party as well. You're really enjoyed you're it. An integral part of the team, sir. So it's uh, <laughs> it's nice to have you here. Nice one. Anyway, have a happy birthday, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there, it's Glenn Taylor from New Zealand. Just for us, say happy birthday, Matt. You, uh, what, where would we be playing taking UK be without you with your 
great technical knowledge and keeping everyone, trying to keep everyone under control. Anyway, have a great uh, birthday. I wish I could be there, but uh, maybe one day I'll come over to the UK, but uh, who knows when. I hope you guys come to Oshkosh, but I think it looks like you're doing Pittsburgh instead. Anyway, blue skies, tailwinds, blend out. Hello, this is Jenny in Rome, and I'm just sending this message to wish Matt a really happy birthday. I hope you have a great time with your, with your big party at the restaurant and with all their friends and family. I'm sure you'll have a great time and very well deserved. And so from Rome, as they say here, tanti auguri. Bye. Hi Matt, it's Captain Al here. Sorry I can't join you for your special birthday. I've just had a few minutes to drag myself away from playing Lego Dimensions. Hope you have a super time and I'll catch up with you soon. Remember 40 is the new 30 my friend. Toodle pip! Hi Matt, it's Liz Piper in Toronto. A little bird told me it's your birthday. Just wanted to say hope you have a great day and thanks for all the great work you do on PTUK. Enjoy the show so much. Cheers. Bye. So it's Matt's birthday and his anniversary. As he put it, it's the 10th anniversary of his 30th birthday. Well, as a man with perhaps just a few more years on you, Matt, I can say it's not so bad to be where you are age-wise now. But things will start to change soon. I wish someone would have warned me about these things when I was your age. For example, your hair will continue to grow, just not where you would want it. It's okay though, they have battery operated and even rechargeable electric trimmers for that now. I won't get into the other details here, Matt, but we can talk about them privately, where I can be, well, shall we say discreet about excretion? In thinking about my own maturity, I often think about my father and how much I see myself turning into him. That's not a bad thing. I admired my father and still do. I often remember things he would say as a matter of habit. One phrase that he regularly used comes to mind right now. He'd use it when someone would do him a great favor or he was making a toast to a good friend. And in quoting from my father, I'm going to say that phrase to propose a toast to you, my friend Matt. You are a gentleman and a scholar, a judge of fine liquor and beautiful women. And by the way, Matt, I can prove it. Let's look at each part of that phrase. You are a gentleman. What does gentleman mean? Well, it's a contraction of two words, gentle and man. Gentle is defined as kindly, amiable, not severe, rough, nor violent. Well, that's you, my compadre. You are no doubt a caring individual. Now the word man. Well, that's an adult male person, as distinguished from a boy or a woman. Okay, no need for further explanation there. But the two words together form the word gentleman, and it means a man of good family a civilized, educated, sensitive, or well-mannered man. Well, I've never met Mama Smith, but I'd like to. There's a good family. And the rest? Well, there's no doubt. No arguing. Matt, you are a gentleman. Now let's look at the word scholar. A scholar is a learned person with a profound knowledge of a particular subject, as well as a student. Matt, you are certainly a learned person. You have a profound expertise on many subjects, including computers, the internet, and broadcasting among others. But you're also a student. As a gentleman, and we just went over that, you gave me a great honor in helping you learn about a subject you wish to know more about, aircraft. That makes you a student too. 
In other words, Matt, you are undoubtedly a scholar. So we're up to judge a fine liquor. And you may be asking yourself, how does this apply to me? Well, let's think back on it for a minute. Remember the Farnborough meetup? How could you forget? Almost five months ago now, yet very fresh in my mind, the friends, the feelings, what an amazing few days it was. Well, on that last day, Sunday, we were all together at the end of the show. We were on our way to have a drink at the pub in the Holiday Inn Farnborough. As it turned out, the timing didn't work. But you said to me, oh, I'd love a Pims and Lemonade. What's that, I asked. And you told me. It sounded wonderful. So after we said our goodbyes, I ordered one. And it's my new favorite mixed drink. So being that Pims is liquor, or a liqueur rather, there is no doubt you are a judge of fine liquor. Now about beautiful women? Okay, this may be my favorite part. And it's the easiest to prove. Recently right here on Plain Talking UK, we saw you, both in videos and in still photos, in the company of beautiful Barbara Parrish. Well, there we go. By the way, it was Barbara's birthday just a few days ago. Happy birthday, Barbara. What does it feel like to finally reach the age where you can legally drink here in the USA? Anyway, now to get on with the proof, as we think about it, you've had both Myla and Jennifer on the show via Skype. Now sure, although you weren't seen with them in person, you were in their company nonetheless. By my count, that's three beautiful women I've seen you with, and I'm sure there must be others. So the last part of the phrase was the easiest to prove out. So happy birthday, Matt. You are a gentleman and a scholar, a judge of fine liquor and beautiful women. I know I only sent you a card, and not a real present, but should I win the lottery between now and the Pittsburgh meetup in May, I plan on flying you out. Now I know you're not a good flyer, so I suppose I'll have to arrange for a Pim's Cup to be placed in front of you, and Barbara Parrish on one side of you holding your hand, with Myla on your other side. Then you can have both a beautiful nurse and a beautiful pilot there to comfort you and soothe your fears. Of course, if that's not enough, we can try to get Captain Al somewhere nearby too. But maybe not too close in a closed environment like an airplane. Or maybe at least get him the promise not to have a curry two or three days before the flight. Happy birthday, my good friend Matt, and many, many more. For Plane Talking UK here in Portland, Maine in the USA, this is your main man, Micah. Happy birthday, dear Matt. It's Myla here. Um, so I heard you turned 30 again. I might be wrong, but hey, who's counting? It sure suits you. Carl says make sure you won't forget about this birthday anytime soon, and I hope you really will enjoy it as much as we all did preparing for it. I'm really sorry I can't be there with you guys tonight, so please accept this virtual hug. Have a wonderful party and please share some pictures with the community, you know, so we can continue to have caption contests and all that fun stuff. Happy birthday, Matt, and many, many more. Oh, before I forget, here's three kisses because that's what we do in the Netherlands. Take care. Bye. Hello, Matt. Nev here. Hope you're well, sir. And uh, yes, it's your birthday, so that's uh, pretty special, isn't it? And um, 30, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of your 30th birthday, as you, as you call it. But, um, well, I have my doubts about that. But anyway, um, today I'm joined in the studio, uh, a rare appearance by Mrs. Nev. Hello, Matt. Yes, it's me. I've come to wish you a happy birthday as well. 30 plus 10 years gosh well I don't think it's midlife crisis time and you're definitely not a grumpy old man yet you've got an awful long way to go for that 
and I don't think you could be a grumpy old man anyway because you're far too nice for that. Have a great time, Matt. Let's not mess, it, uh, mess about, Mrs. Dev. He's 40, isn't it? That, that's the real age. Shush, shush. About. It's not 40. It is 40. No. I, I know it's 40. You know, know it's 40. I know. And I'd love to be 40 again. It was so great. Why are we but... dancing around the houses like this? <laughs> and anyway, what are you doing in here anyway? You, you normally come in here to clean and take <gasps> oh away the coffee God. cups and, and the wine bottles. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, sir. Fine. I'm off. <laughs> anyway, have a great time, Matt. Look forward to seeing you again soon and uh, hope you have a great one. Cheers, matey. Bye-bye. And it's safe to say I certainly did have an absolutely yeah, fantastic Yeah, I know. Fun. That oh, was fantastic. Guys, I, I mean, as oh. I say, Carlos played them out to me, actually, at, at, at the party. Yes. It was just great to hear. And, and uh, as I say, hopefully you enjoyed a few of those little videos as well of, 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 of the event. So that, that is my birthday well and truly wrapped up and yeah, done now. definitely. For uh, another year. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing that again, I'll tell you. And that's where... That's we, what she said. It, it, so I had to get that one You've been in. Waiting to play that. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, oh. guys. Thank you very much for the wonderful. Th- and I got, I got a lovely card. Uh, I think that I've had some great cards over the last, um, last few, few weeks. But I have to say that the highlight for me personally uh, was I received an envelope that came via airmail and airmail. Airmail. And in the top right-hand corner, it had a, uh, a post stamp on it that said Portland. Maine and uh, I was a little bit sort of blown away I've, I've actually kept the envelope that's how much really uh, yeah that was, it was really cool so thank you to the legend that is Micah for my birthday card and thank you very much to Jeff Captain Jeff as well because uh, he signed it as well I, I, it was just honestly it was the best that's, that's pretty amazing you pretty should amazing. have that framed I will have it framed don't you worry about that I'm, I'm slightly yeah. jealous yeah it's just brilliant uh, so uh, thank you guys for, for helping to make uh a day I was dreading so very special, frankly. <laughs> but yeah, we, all, we we had fun, wife, didn't we? Yeah, never yep, mind. Gemma's <laughs> here. Mike, Micah did say earlier that he he did say hello yes, to you, Gemma. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. You are absolutely yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, you're the Peter UK wife. I'm you see, yeah. <laughs> Wa- is it wags, wives, and something or other? That, that sounds derogatory. I don't. I don't think you should yeah. use that term. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is where we have to wrap up uh, episode number one hundred and forty-one. <sighs> it's, uh, it's been a quick show. We we did have, yeah, like I said, yeah, we, had we had slight some, issues with yeah. YouTube in the states yeah. at the beginning yeah, of the show. Hence yeah. the reason we were a bit late starting. So and uh, apologies and for that. Minor, but, uh, minor technical. We're, we're, we're going to we're going to put the military segment. Uh, we're going to do an extended military segment next week to make up for for not doing one this week. So sorry about that, ladies and yeah. gents. And Mr. Warner has agreed to to yeah. give us a hand to do next that week. next week yeah. so, on 142 yeah. that'd absolutely. be 142 Matt 142 absolutely right so yeah, before so we go just a quick mention about the uh, Christmas oh, yes. caption yeah, competition yeah. we're running for this year's show if Matt can put the picture up on the screen just there for those in okay. YouTube so we've had uh, a few come in via our email which is the way we want you to uh, to send your answers in via the email address and we want you to come up with the wittiest caption you can yeah. for this photo. Yeah, like I said, we've had a few in, and uh, <laughs> yeah. which have been one rather amusing. That, one or two of them, I should stress, that can't be broadcast. Uh, mm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, never mind. Uh, yes, I, I don't know quite what Captain Al was doing to me, but never mind. It's it's generated a perfect photo competition for our Christmas, Christmas that was uh, that was yeah. taken by uh, by a Dan Hannington at Riyadh Absolutely. this yes, year yes which is why uh, since, uh, which is why my shock and surprise is so beautifully clear, clear. and sharp yeah so <laughs> thanks again to uh, thanks again to Dan Hannington yeah. um, for taking the photo don't forget you can find all the wonderful aviation 
uh, photos uh, yeah. that Dan takes at, uh, at well, he's on Instagram. Yeah, uh, in, Instagram. Well done. Uh, easy for you to say. Easy apparently. for me to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. um, but if you go on to Instagram, he, you can find him at dh underscore aviation underscore photography. Right. Dan Hannington's yeah. out there. But I'm sure if you Google Dan Hannington photography, you will find yeah, all find manner it. of uh, bits and pieces. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but get your captions, the funniest yep. captions you can in to our email address, which is... Yes, that is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Um, you can get in touch with, with us via social media, both Facebook and Twitter, and you just need to search for Plain Talking UK. And, of course, our website is www.plaintalkinguk.com. But all the answers, all the app, all the captions must be sent into our, our email, email address, address yeah, please. Yeah. If it, if, don't, don't, um, uh, Carlos has now posted the, the picture and stuff, but uh, yeah. don't, don't put them in the comments there. Email them to us, please. Yeah, and then we'll announce the winners yes. uh, on our last live Christmas show before yep. we finish for Christmas this year. Um, which will be awesome. We've got uh, mm. we're gonna have a we're gonna have a nice Christmassy show yeah, this absolutely. year for sure. Indeed, yes, we've got we've got we've got we've got something in the pipeline, haven't we? Actually, yes, yes, yes we have. Very yeah. excited about that. Anyway, that's where we must bring episode one four one to a close. Thanks very much to everyone as always for being part of the show. We'll see you all next week. I think we're recording next Friday. I think yes, yeah, yeah. next Friday's fine. Um, so uh, yes, from all of us here in the studio, it is goodbye. Goodbye. And-